motherfucker like Lenny Kravitz.
That was an awkward fade out. Sorry about that. Um, how's it going? This is Emma. It's 4.06. You're listening to the Businesswoman special. That was Ultimate Businesswoman Carol King uh, with Chicken Soup with Rice. Love that. Love that song. Really rosy. Remember that? The cartoon? This reminds me of being like homesick from school as a little kid. Um, anyway, uh, I was also noticing during that song that she lists the appropriate things that should happen in various seasons, and October is not supposed to be 90 degrees, which I believe it currently is in San Francisco. I'm not really into it. Um, this whole global warming thing, I think, is maybe worth looking into other than that i'm having a great day i hope you are too um on this week's episode of the businesswoman special we are going to play some songs by bands that have shows coming up in the next week uh we are also going to have a very special businesswoman guest um she goes by the name of ashley graham uh, she works at Live Nation, a.k.a. the Fillmore, the Masonic, um, lots of other great venues that have totally escaped my brain right now. But she is rad, and she's obsessed, among other things, with Sammy Hagar, which is something I really don't understand. But I've never really asked her about it, so I'm excited to do that on today's show. Um, she will be here sometime in the 4.30 to 4.45 time slot, I believe, and then we get her for the rest of the two hours. So you have that to look forward to. Um, she also does awesome needlepoint. I'm just going to keep listing cool things about her while she's not here, because once she's here, she's going to, like, get bashful and refute them and stuff like that. She's great get excited uh other than that you know i'm taking requests i'm taking suggestions for positive news articles i should read instead of all of the horrible ones that i tend to be drawn to because i'm me (laughs) and because the world is kind of fucked up feeling right now it's not just me right pretty sure it's not anyway on that note um let's play some good music for a fucked up time in the world this is a tribe called quest with space program uh get at me on twitter emma ruthless just shout at me from you know somewhere in the mission if you have ideas of things i should play also might work. Also bring cold beverages. Uh, yeah, that's all. Here's Tribal Quest. You're listening to uh, the Businesswoman Special on BFF.FM. I'm gonna deal with a bigger insult, man. The heat, the heat, the heat, the heat, the heat. It's coming down hard. We got to get off. Oh. 
one hit quitters For types and types of trade figures Hey, hey, hey Let's make something happen Let's make something happen Let's make something happen Let's make something happen Gotta get it together forever Gotta get it together for brothers Gotta get it together for sisters For mothers and fathers and dead For non-performers one hit quitters For types and types of trade figures Let's make something happen. Gotta get it together for others. Gotta get it together for sisters. For mothers and fathers and dead. For non-conformers, one hit acquittance. For types and types of chain figures. Make, make, make. Let's make something happen. Let's make something happen. Let's make something happen. Let's make something happen. step for mankind, but a giant step for us. Weather, yeah, here we go. Shot town in my building code. Stood here for 10 million snows. Wind chilled is all in my bones. Indivisible, indivisible. Kids and criminals, young and old. No, radiated my dungeon code. Thunder humping you, something slow. 20 down and just one to go. City say they gon' knock me down. Still wearing my iron hood. Told y'all you won't stop me now. Call me naked, a rapper. My 
motherfucking name is Michael Eagle. I'm sovereign. I'm from a line of ghetto superheroes. I holler. I got something to bring to your attention. 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 I promise you I will never fit in your descriptions. I'm giant. Don't let nobody tell you nothing different. They lying. A giant in my body is a building. A building. A building. A building. The shelters, basement, always early morning, Sunday, midnight, all day. Do what the adults say, don't engage in horseplay. People speak in tongues. Mama's in the basement, smoking something. We grew up in hazes, projects, dungeons, graduation lunches. Try to make us something, see what we become. A rapper, my motherfucking name is Michael Eagle I'm sovereign, I'm from a line of ghetto superheroes I holler, I got something to bring to your attention Attention, 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 attention I promise you I will never fit in your descriptions I'm giant, don't let nobody tell you nothing different They lying, a giant in my body is a building A building, a building, a building
going this is emma you're listening to the businesswoman special here on bff.fm uh that was jawbreaker uh the great bay area punk band who uh reformed this summer and thousands of people peed their pants at once uh, myself among them. I had the honor of interviewing Jawbreaker actually um, on stage a few weeks ago at the Alamo Draft House when they premiered the film about them, which is called Don't Break Down. Highly recommended. Way funnier than you might think. A documentary about a band that uh, broke up in such a contentious manner might be. Go see it. Um, you won't have the pleasure of watching me like sweat through all of my clothes and chatter like a nervous 13 year old while I try to interview them in front of a lot of people but it's still a movie worth seeing and they sound really good I am lucky enough to have seen them twice at this point at the Ivy Room in good old Albany California where I hail from if I've never mentioned that before uh, and at the Rickshaw Stop show a few weeks later, before their official big Riot Fest debut in Chicago, they sound really good, man. They sound tight, they sound energetic, they don't sound like they resent playing songs they wrote when they were 20, which I always think about, because that would make sense. You could resent that a little. Anyway, Jawbreaker. Highly recommended. Uh, before that, what did we play before that? Let me tell you. Um, Before that, I played Too Short uh, with Oakland. Kind of a a thesis statement for the rapper, if you will. Um, Too Short is playing 
Where is Too Short playing? Too Short is playing the Phoenix, um, the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma on Friday, day after tomorrow. And you should go. You should make a special effort to go see shows that are in the North Bay um, these next few weeks and months and years because they need business. Uh, yeah, and the Phoenix Theater's rad. And Too Short's rad, even though he's problematic. Still puts on a very fun live show. Unless he's too stoned, in which it gets really sloppy. But it's still fun. Fun is the word I will use. Um, before that... <laughs> before that, I played a song, I will admit, that I had labeled as Smells Like Teen Spirit Live, Unplugged, in my library here. It was not quite that. Or maybe it was. Maybe that was a, a really fucked up phase for Kurt that I was unaware of. I thought it was a different version. But I wanted to play that because I recently was in Greece and when I was in the Athens airport they were playing really incredible music. And one of the things I heard was a pan flute version of Smells Like Teen Spirit and I've been obsessed with finding it and I can't. So if anyone knows where to find such things, get at me. Uh, Before that was Canary in a Coal Mine from The Police. Uh, before that was Then It Starts to Feel Like Summer from local local rock heroes, the She's. Um, they are playing the UC Theater in Berkeley on Saturday with The Regrets and other strong lady bands. Strong lady lineup. Love the She's. They have a new album coming out, too. Um, I believe the release show is at the rickshaw stop. I want to say November 4th. I will look it up for you, and I will let you know. Uh, before that, I played Wave Mutilation by the Pixies. Before that was Open Mike Eagle with Brick Body Complex. Um, Open Mike Eagle is at The Independent tomorrow, uh, the 26th. And he is fucking hilarious, man. If you've never been to an Open Mike Eagle show, you should. It's a really nerdy, really funny rap show. Um... And he's just, like, one of my favorite self-deprecating, weird, funny, but also insanely skilled lyricists in hip-hop right now. Um, Before that was a space program from Tribe Called Quest. Unfortunately, that was the clean version, which sounds a little weird, got to admit. I think Tribe Called Quest are allowed to say whatever they want. Next time I'll give you the real version. Live and you'll learn. Uh, we got Ashley Graham coming up soon, uh, as previously mentioned, woman of many talents, cross-stitcher for various great causes, also works at Live Nation, also loves, and I think at this point is like close personal friends with Sammy Hagar. Anyway, she should be here soon so she can tell us more about that. Uh, in the meantime, still taking requests. If you got them. Otherwise, let's play some new LCD sound system, shall we? This album has been getting me through some things lately. Maybe maybe it will help you on this hot, weird day as well. Uh, you're listening to Businesswoman Special on VFF.FM.
I've got your picture that you gave to me, and it's signed with love, just like it used to be. The only thing different, the only thing new. I've got your picture. She's got you. I've got the records that we used to share, and they still sound the same as when you were here. The only thing different, the only thing new. I've got the records. She's got you. I've got your memory, or has it got me? Your class ring that proved your care, and it still looks the same as when you gave it, dear. The only thing different, the only thing new. I've got these little things. She's got you. Or has it got me? I really don't know, but I know it won't let me be. I've got your class ring that proved you cared, and it still looks the same as when you gave it, dear. The only thing different, the only thing new. I've got these little things. She's got you. Where I'm from, 
ring to the ding dong. It's me, motherfucker, with the iPhone. I know you bitches love me. End of discussion. Discussion. Motherfuckers will change your whole schedule You can meet me at the sideshow I'm a rap star, bitch, I don't ride slow We going on a mission You a scary motherfucker and you tripping I never been a buster You a snitch and a fake motherfucker So why should I respect you? You would tell everything if they let you You can't hang with us Catch the bus, motherfucker Motherfucker gets messy And shouts out to Richmond Riding in the Lexus and they pimping Shout out North Oakland At Bush Ride, bitch, and we smoking And shout out my cousin Cause everybody know that I love him I must be a rap star Everywhere I go, I'm riding in a fast car I don't do interviews Cause every time I talk, nigga, I make the news And that's not fiction you can tell how the fuck that I'm living And this is how I'm repping 2017, bitch
Red summers and artificial cells
Hello, and welcome back to the Business Woman Special here on BFF.FM. With me in the studio, as promised earlier, is the lovely and talented businesswoman, Ashley Graham. Hi, Ashley. Thanks thanks for coming. You bet. Um, I've been talking up your love of Sammy. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's a pretty important thing to know about you. It's one of the major things to know about me, in fact. It's one of the things that people remember most about me. <laughs> it's somehow it's somehow kind of strange that a 33-year-old woman would love Sammy Hagar as much as I do. I don't think it's that strange. I want... I You've wanna... never been at a Sammy Hagar show. I haven't. You would know that it's a little strange. <laughs> okay, so I want to get in... Before I forget, I'm going to say what we just played because then I want to get into the origin... <laughs> your origin story with Sammy and I yes. feel like that's going to be a whole thing. So <laughs> I'm just going to say what we played, which is um, the last one was San Andreas by Everyone is Dirty. Great local band who is playing. Where are they playing? They're playing Saturday, this Saturday, at Brick and Mortar Music Hall here in the city. Uh, before that was Astro Boy from Blonde Redhead. For that was Bad Motherfucker from Lil B, who just got jumped this weekend, but is still tweeting really positive things, because he's Lil B. Uh, before that was She's Got You by my favorite Patsy Cline, and before that was Oh Baby from the new LCD Sound System. Okay, with that out of the way... <laughs> Back to me. <laughs> um, first of all, I want... I, 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 hmm, how do I want to start? I, can you describe a little bit about the 10,000 jobs that you do at the Fillmore and Masonic and Live Nation yes. in general? I am the marketing manager for both the Fillmore and the Masonic. That sounds really hard. It's, it's varying degrees of difficult. Mostly it is organizational and time management, let's mm. say. It's a lot of shows. It's maybe around 200 Fillmore shows a year, and then maybe 40 Masonic shows. That's That's a lot. A lot. And you're working with each individual band's publicist. Their people. Their quote-unquote people. All of their people. Their management. Their publicity team. It depends. Sometimes the Fillmore, it's like, it depends. Maybe it's the manager. Maybe it's the agency. Maybe it's whatever. But Okay. But yeah, it's a lot of telling people, like, I'm working really hard. Don't you sweat it. Right. I got you. Right. You know, just reassuring. And then you also have to be the one emailing journalists and whatnot saying, come to this thing. Yes. Yes. That's a lot of jobs. It's a lot of emails. Right. It's a lot of emails. Right. I actually was just looking lately, uh, recently, at a folder that I keep all of my old shows in, and it was like around 900 that I've done since I started, which is definitely missing some, but I was like, That's insane. (laughs) When, what year did you start? I started in this office in June of 2012. Okay. And then before that, I was in our Seattle office for roughly five and a half years as well. Got it. I think so I just celebrated that. 10 years Damn. of Live Nation. Congratulations. Yeah, thank That's you. That's crazy. Thanks. That's a lot. I get four weeks of vacation now. It's awesome. That's <laughs> the very That's least the you should get. You, you should know? get like three months in my book. Yeah, I mean, I'd take it, but... I mean, okay, so 2012, that was before... Masonic reopens. Yeah. 
So, so I started with just the Fillmore, okay. and then we reopened the Masonic in September of 2014. Okay. And that was when my job kind of doubled, maybe, a little bit. Not quite. Not quite. But it's been great. It's fun. I love it. Good. I'm going to Tegan and Sarah tonight. Nice. Sold out. Awesome. I was going to ask if you still, I mean, personal bias, me with the Fillmore more than Masonic, but like... You're there all the time. Do you still get that, like, chill of how much historic shit has happened there? Totally. The film, like, there's still, I don't want to discredit any show there because certainly for someone, every show is amazing, right? Um, which is a good thing to be reminded of. Sometimes you go to shows where you're like, not the Target demo at all. Sure. And you get there and you're like, dang, this is awesome. People are so into this, you yeah. know? And it's like something that you would never personally be into. I won't name anybody. But, um, <laughs> and then, it's you know, policy. sometimes you go to the thing that you're, you know, super amped on and it still feels amazing. And there are nights, I mean, certainly like somebody like Patti Smith. When you go see Patti Smith at the Fillmore, yeah, you're like, Oh God! Wow, this is incredible. Witnessing you know, there's just that feeling time. in the room, and I think a lot of times too, when the demographic is the people that maybe have been patronizing the Fillmore for forever, then you look at them and you're like, "Damn, this is our history right in front of you, right? Like these are the people that have been devoted to this place for decades, yeah, actual decades, yeah." Um, so yeah, it's awesome. We do the yearly thing with Connor Oberst, who's one of my favorites. Um, that started the first year that I started, which has been perfect. And then we do a Sammy Hagar benefit every year, which is my personal favorite night of the year every year. Of course. So and it's that's the acoustic for a Acu- cure, right? Yeah, okay. acoustic for a cure. Okay. So segue. So I mean, I was gonna say I need like a button for that, need, like a blowhorn. Cool. Um, I did it. I did it for <laughs> you. You did it beautifully. Um, the that night began independently of your love for Sammy, though. Totally. It was just a And in fact, everyone in the office was like, how do we pull this off without them realizing that you love him so much? Oh, but he... Okay, okay, okay. So for the first couple years, it was like, be cool, Ashley. Right. And I was cool. And I'm still... I'm still a professional. You're always cool. So it's fine. It's like year by year, they're kind of like, oh, we get it. You want to come to Cabo for his birthday. Got <laughs> it. You know, like, little by little. Okay, so... How how did you mention that you just got back from Cabo for his birthday? Yes. Take me back to little Ashley. How did this happen? What was your first Sammy Hagar experience? All right. So I was going to look up the date, but I kind of forgot to. That's fine. It was either August 3rd or August 9th, 1999. Okay. That's pretty close. Or specific. I can it work It might have been 2001. I might have just screwed that all up. <laughs> anyway... It was the uh, Red Voodoo Tour, Sammy Hagar and the Wabaritas. <laughs> I was living in my hometown of Spokane, Washington, and my sister got home from swim practice, and she was like, they're giving away Sammy Hagar tickets on whatever the classic rock station is in Spokane. We should go down to the like car dealership where they're giving them away and see if we can win. Right. And I was like, mm, never heard of Sammy Hagar, but let's go. It's summer. We don't have anything else to do. So we went down there and literally nobody was there to try to win these tickets, which is not indicative of quality at all. Um, so we got there. I won tickets first and then two other people showed up and my sister Erin was like, maybe we just stick around and see if we can get four because it seems like this is in the bag. I like your sister so already. <laughs> it, it lasted. They did it every 15 minutes. So we ended up, she won last. 
So we were there for an hour. It was probably the Dodge dealership on Sprague <laughs> in Spokane, Washington. Shout out. Uh, and we, we took our parents, as you do nice. when you're kids. I was 15. Um, and we went, and it was in the Lilac Bowl in Spokane's Riverfront Park, which is quite picturesque. It's right on the edge of the Spokane River. Um, and it was amazing. Uh, I don't know. The stage for that tour was set up like it was... It was uh, set up like the cantina, the Cabo Wabo Cantina. So it had like a whole weird backdrop. And then he had risers on the stage where fans could pay extra to get like ultimate VIP. experience. Yeah. And he served Wabaritas, his signature margarita, on stage. He had waitresses come out and serve him. And like it was a whole thing. That's awesome. And he played all these songs and he was just like. He's just the happiest guy alive. Hmm. He's just so positive and like even as a 15 year old and granted I was like into Aerosmith and Kiss at the time. Mm -hmm. So I was maybe sort of the target. But like as a 15 year old, you know, I, I think the fact that I was that drawn into it speaks to like, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it wasn't really like sure in the wheelhouse. That's so okay. So so it was like we all left. Like my mom and dad and my sister were all like, "Whoa, man, that was awesome!" And I walked in, was like, my head exploded. And the next day, I went to Fred Meyer, and that's a grocery store, and <laughs> and I bought the album, which was Red Voodoo, and I jammed to it for weeks. And then I bought all the other albums, and mm-hmm. I've loved him ever since. I okay. So it was nineteen ninety nine. I was fifteen. I got. I just did the okay. math in my head. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're the same age. It's a long time. Um, it's been a long time. <laughs> 18 years. Yeah. That's more like than half, your half of my life. That's intense. That's awesome. It makes me feel kind of old, but I'll take it. You're not. It's You just were really cool at a really young age. Right. Something um, like that. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely cool if you listen to Sammy Hagar and you're, and you're in high school. That's I mean... In the... In 2000... Considering what was actually popular when we were in high school, like, that's so much cooler than if you'd been really into corn or something. Well, yeah, so I'm confusing the date with, like, potentially the alternative radio station's yearly uh, peak fest. Okay. Which would have been, like, Everclear and Eve 6 and... Sure. Here's an obscure reference, Citizen King. Oh, yeah. That would happen that year. So I think that was the ninth and Sammy was the third. But it was like one of, you know, they were both important to me, but. Sure. No. Not, not equally. But see, I would venture, <laughs> and I am not even a Sammy Hagar fan. He has yet. held up. Yes. Yet. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Yet. Um, I would venture that he is doing better than um, any of the aforementioned 90s. Totally. Totally. And that's coming from someone who saw Eve 6 in concert. Well, I was a huge Everclear fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I survived, like, the Everclear breakup. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Local boy, Craig Montoya from Spokane, Washington. Mm. That was a tough hit when he left. I forgot. And then, at some point, every Everclear fan figured out that Art was kind of a jerk. Yeah, he was an asshole. And it was like, oh, I can't support this anymore. Right. Plus, I don't know if you ever saw them live, but he could never remember the lyrics to his own songs. <laughs> so you'd be, like, it was one of those shows where you'd be, like, singing along, and you'd be like, did I just screw that up? Or I know he? this I'm better than you sure do. I'm sure I know the lyrics to Father of Mine. What I happened? S- <laughs> I saw them at BFD, I want to say. Oh, wow, In, yeah. like, 96? Yeah. Or so, 
but I remember it was already like they were not. It was not who I was yeah. there to see. Yeah, I, being, inter- I actually interviewed Craig Montoya once, and he was like really miserable about it. No, it was like right after he'd like been like just out of here, man. I'm done, and he was like very bitter and sad. And I just and that like about that. I don't mean as a human, right? And I was just like, wow, this is like the first time that my dreams have been crushed because I really get in this, yeah. getting some bad vibes here. That's kind of great that he was that open about it. Yeah, I don't know why he was, except that I think he was that pissed. He you know, was like, like when you're like an open book because you can't not say how upset you are, right? <laughs> but it's Aww. great, you know. He's moved on. He was a man called Tripolar at the time, mm. and I like owned their CD and listened to it for days. It's terrible. It's terrible. I still have it because I have a hard time getting rid of my CDs. I mean, next time I'm on, we'll we'll rock that. We can do it it. right now. I was gonna say putting together the show. (laughs) You know, there's this um, what's it called? No effects like punk and trouble thing. Yeah, Live Nation event. Is it? I did not. I that makes sense. Concord Pavilion is okay. Got it's it. One of our spots. I was looking at it and I was like, Goldfinger is one of those bands that I loved yeah. so intensely, and yeah. it took me a while, I think, as I got older, to realize that they're maybe kind of dicks, oh. or like maybe their fans are mostly dicks. Yeah. But I have a really hard time reconciling that adult knowledge with the fact that when I put that music on, it still like sounds good yeah it's just familiar it's really weird i think that's just that's just how it goes right like everything from that era of like creating yourself and the things that you identified with because you were more of a fan than you ever will be again that's how i always feel and i'm like oh that's the most depressing thing ever but i like never connect with anything again the way that i did when i was in college and in high school and whatever and so letting go of those things is like soul crushing it's just not gonna happen you're yeah. right you're forming you're yeah. still like yeah. becoming i mean person. when people ask me what my favorite bands are i still say like the strokes man right and it's because like that was the last band that was like my favorite super band. important and it was i haven't listened to the strokes in years you know what I mean? <laughs> but see i feel like that's kind of you're not the only one they just had like a 10-year retrospective of right. something Everything, everyone our age is, like, finally getting the, like, funding and resources to do documentaries and books (laughs) about their favorite bands. It's just like, oh, there's another, there's another thing coming out about music from 1999. Awesome. Rad, yeah. Actually, my coworker and I were just talking about the Wallflowers, which is a little before then. And I was on Wikipedia, because I was like, what is up with the Wallflowers? And they just put out, last year, they put out a 20-year reissue of Bringing Down the Horse. I saw them at America's Cup with the Counting Crows. Oh, I'd go to that show. I went... Not for the Counting Crows. No. I went because, (laughs) I mean, partially it was fun. I was reviewing it for SF Weekly, but also I went with my friend from elementary school and high school who I'd gone to see the Wallflowers and Counting Crows with in 1997. Yes. So we went awesome. again, and um, it, Jacob Dylan is still really cute. First I actually off. was trying to prove this, but I think that his kid is a model now. I think oh. I saw that the other day. I'm sure. That's the yeah. logical conclusion. Why wasn't Jacob Dylan a model? If, I'm not sure. If Bob Dylan's kid turns out looking like Jacob Dylan, then Jacob Dylan's kid is going right. to definitely be, be a good. model. It's got to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to Google image search that when we play music. Um, yeah. On that note, okay. Can you walk me through a bit of how you got from that first Sammy Hagar <laughs> experience to going to Cabo for his birthday? Sure, yeah. Um, 
Well, I think over the years I became more confident in my love of Sammy Hagar. Good. And so, like, my aunt a few years ago was like, I didn't even know you liked Sammy. And I was like, really? Because everybody knows that. <laughs> but it's because it became Where more, more like, pronounced in right. my personality. Um, and it's actually something that I find to be, like, the, like I said, like, the memorable thing about me. So it's, like, a good thing to drop. Because then the next time you see somebody, they're like, oh, that's right. <laughs> you like Sammy Hagar. You know, like, <laughs> it's a thing. So, um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it, I saw him every time I was able, um, in the years in between, and then I think in the last few years, it's gotten so that it's, like, like, the bulk of my personality. (laughs) (laughs) It's just slowly taken over um, all other aspects. Yeah, and then with this benefit, like, we've been doing uh, the benefit for four years now, and, uh, it's every May, and throughout the course of that, like, we've kind of, you know, gotten to know him, and... He's always done this birthday thing in Cabo. Um, for those who don't know, he owns this Cabo Wabo Cantina in Cabo San Lucas. And I'll be honest, it's not really my time, like my good time, right? Like Cabo's kind of like the Vegas of Mexico or yeah, something. I don't know. Totally. I've, heard, I've heard people say that. I've never been to Vegas, so I can't really vouch for That's that. That's gross. Um, and I'm not like, I'm not a drinker and I'm not really like a rager. Mm-hmm. And so. It was always, it's, he's been doing it for 27 or 28 years, which is maybe as long as it's been open. And uh, it used to be super casual. You just lined up outside, you got in. Uh, and then over the years, it became kind of this like yearly pilgrimage for Sammy fans, which there are a, a lot of. Sure. And, um, and so it was like a lottery and it was like a whole thing. And so I was always kind of like, well, I don't really want to go. It seems like a hassle, whatever. And then last year was the first year that I was like, you know, I think I'm in with these people enough, and I'm going to just ask him if I can go. And I was yeah. able to go, and um, and it's awesome. It was, I think, after 16 years of loving him, 17 years, I, last year, was like, this is the ultimate experience. Like, I told everybody, I was like, I've live-streamed this event. I've seen pictures of this. Yep. Uh, you know, like, uh, th- so seeing it and being in that room singing happy birthday to him was like, it was like the best thing ever and this year I went again it was his 70th birthday it was really special it was really awesome his whole family was there he had a ton of special guests Eddie Money come on nice and um, it was really great I went with my friend Calais who is like very much like me in the sense that she experiences everything unironically like she's just like open and she it was a great experience because she had like a wonderful time as well. Right. Like, she posted a picture the first night and was like, seriously? Awesome. And I was like, <laughs> converted. Like, right. done. You, you know? Just spread the gospel. So, it was kind of a nice reminder that, like, he has that effect on people. Aww. That positive outlook. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to be positive sometimes in these cynical times. Absolutely. But Sammy has the market on it. I struggle with... Okay, you're convincing me now that I I'm should serious. be Sammy Put on some... I'm, let's, let's... I'll buy you some vinyl sometime <laughs> and just, like, on a Saturday night, you just lay there and just... it's hard not to put a smile on your face, you know? I need that right now. Yeah. I really, really need that right I know, now. I know. We all do. We all need a little more Sammy in our lives. Okay. I want to be honest. This is totally unironic. I'm not joking around. I, as much I as know. I might be laughing. This I, is a serious that's lifestyle. what <laughs> I love about your love of Sammy Hagar. It's if real. you were ironic about it, I would be like, no, I don't want to talk about that. Totally. It's real. <laughs> it's very real. Um, okay. Well, I have more questions. But on that note, I think we should probably just listen to some Sammy Hagar. Totally. Um, you sent me some excellent selections to choose from yes um i am do you have do you have a preference for for what to start with um 
I don't remember. Oh, did I send heavy metal? You did. Do, let's do heavy metal because that's like my jam. Okay. Uh, I have a video of me rocking out to it this year at the birthday bash. Oh, man. Um, I wish. Which nobody here has access to, but that's probably a good thing. I wish we could show that on the radio. I know, right? That's not how it's that works. It's fine. Actually, I'm okay with it. But yeah, that's a good one. Let's start there. Okay. Um, we're going to listen to some Sammy Hagar right now because we have the number one Sammy Hagar fan in the world in the studio <laughs> with us today yes. at BFF.FM, Ashley Graham on the Business Woman Special.
watching ships come in And I watch them sail away again Setting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away I'm setting on the dock of the bay Wasting time
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. You are not wrong. I like Sammy Hagar now. Converted. <laughs> Done. I'm into it. Um, we just heard a Sammy Hagar block here on the Businesswoman special on BFF.FM. Uh, I will tell you the titles of said Hagar tracks. Um, that last one was Fillmore Shuffle. Before that was Sitting in the Dock of the Bay. Uh, likely recognize that one. Bad Motor Scooter, which... You're going to tell me the story of Montrose. They're from San Francisco. I'm totally ignorant about this. I believe they they were at least based in San Francisco. Okay. And in fact, I went to see Sammy do a, a podcast recording as part of Sketchfest last year, 2016. Nice. And it was at Swedish American Hall. And he got on stage and he was like, man, you know, I don't know, I got a busy schedule. I never know where I'm going. But when they dropped me off outside of here, I had deja vu because the Montrose house that we all lived in was like three blocks away. Aww. And I don't know that area very well to tell you what approximate streets that was. But um, I love that. I bet yeah. his rent was like $300. And too. it was like, I think it was like a whole house. And he was married at the time with his first kid. And the other Montrose dudes lived upstairs and I think they live downstairs That's and they great. wrote I don't know if it was that album or the the other one there was, I think there was two that he was that he did with them anyway um, and I was like that's kind of awesome yeah um, so Montrose I believe the album that that's on just celebrated its 40th anniversary nice hopefully the mouth is right that on sounds that right but yeah it's a great album there's such a, a fount of, of Sammy Hagar knowledge. And I believe knowledge. as well that that is the first uh, song that he ever wrote. Whoa. That could be wrong. He was in a ton of bands before that. Okay. Um, and then I believe that Bad Motor Scooter was his first. That's Wait, what we played, we. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that is the first song that he wrote. That's your and knowledge. And then like, Ronnie Montrose, you should Google this stuff. Okay. There was a big benefit at the Warfield. He passed away a few years ago. I, Sammy was there. I it preceded my arrival in San Francisco, so it was a few years ago. But. Okay. Anyway, it's all it's all worth checking out. I have so much homework to do. This I is know. this is part of why I just like having you like hold my hand and tell me what to listen to. I got you. Otherwise, I get overwhelmed. I There's so much, obviously. Um, also, I just wanted to note that Ashley was telling me during the break that she is still cool around Sammy Hagar, which I feel like it would be really hard to be if you are as obsessed with him Indeed. as you are. As so cool I just as like, you. all of my social media profiles have me and him as my photo. <laughs> but he, I don't know that he's tech savvy, so I've never thought like maybe Sammy's going to see that. You know what I mean? So I figure it's a safe zone. I don't. I don't know a ton about him, but I don't imagine him, like, scrolling through Instagram when he can't sleep. Right. Although he does run his own Instagram. Oh, really? I love that. Fun fact. He's great at hashtags. Really? And by that, I mean it's like your dad doing hashtags, which is so worthwhile. That's my I've gotten favorite. so many people to follow him on Instagram, because it's, like, it's that good. He okay. also interacts with his kids. It's super fun. He's I'm going to do that. He's I'm going to do best. that right now. <laughs> I love people who run their own Instagrams, and it's, like, kind of messy. I really love Courtney Love's Instagram. Never been on it. Highly recommended. She oh, is, yeah. I mean, she's a mess, but she's Courtney Love. She's got to be Courtney. And she reposts, like, memes that other people post about Kurt. And sometimes she, like, posts, like, really heartfelt things to Frances Bean. And awesome. Frances is kind of like, ah, cool, mom. Thanks. thanks, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> 
(laughs) Yeah. It's like, it feels a little too much like you're getting a window into something you shouldn't be seeing, but... I feel feel like like Instagram has that, has that hold on people. Yeah. It's like they don't realize that it's right there in front of everyone. I can see all of this. Yeah. But it's charming. It is. It keeps them humble. It... Human. It it lets us know also who's, like, an idiot. Right. It's way harder to hide. If you're, like, racist or just stupid or can't spell, it's, like, way harder to hide behind a publicist than it used to be. I wish I could remember. I followed somebody for a while, and then it was, like, some attractive actor, probably, and then I was like, ooh, I'm gonna unfollow this, because this is a buzzkill. You're an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, a lot of people are dumb on social media, Yeah, but just not, like, I didn't need the, the, you know the wall to come down in that way Sometimes i really you needed it the to bubble just, to yeah. just be a little bit preserved yeah. yeah yeah i don't need to know that your grammar sucks <laughs> you know but it's fine be you <laughs> be you <laughs> i feel like sammy hagar would approve that message yeah that's like my life philosophy man <laughs> um okay so unfortunately it's five forty-seven, which yeah. means we have to get out of here pretty soon but before that I want to, A, play some more music that you sent me that yes. you're stoked about, and B, I would love for you to talk about your amazing um, cross-stitch situation. Yes. Because it's so fucking cool, and everyone should buy your art because it all goes to very good causes, and I will stop talking now and let you explain that. Um, in fact, on Sunday, I just opened an Etsy store. Exciting. Um, so... Yeah, I started this in January, I think, and it started with a series of little owls that had protest signs, which was a big hit. Uh, They were pretty labor intensive, though, and so it sort of segued into funny phrases, movie quotes. I think that's mostly what it is. TV stuff. Sure. Um, I forgot your Jurassic Park one that you bought in, like, May (sighs) or something. Like, it's been forever. It's in my room. Um... (laughs) And, uh, yeah, so it, I, I go by Little Russ Thompson out there in the world. Um, Follow her on Instagram. Awesome reference to Honey, I Shrink the Kids that I found out after the fact that nobody knows. <laughs> that just makes it cooler. I guess, except that it's, like, sort of weird. <laughs> the few people. My coworker's like, I'm going to call you Little Russ. And I was like, no, like, that's, that's weird. Don't, maybe. Anyway, go watch Honey, I Shrink the Kids again because it's a pretty great reference. Um, it's been he's a, a while. babe. Like he's one of the original yeah. crushes. Yeah. In retrospect, not that attractive, but <laughs> to like eight year old me, like I was totally Amy, the daughter, the Zelinsky daughter. I think that was her last name. Yeah, this is all coming back. Remember, it's been a really long I time. Did make out in the Lego. Oh the main thing I remember, and I don't remember if this is from the first one, the sequel is like the Cheerios the sequel. Is there a sequel? You saw the sequel. <laughs> no, me, no apparently. memories of yours are from the sequel. <laughs> okay, well, that was one where they blew up the baby. Honey, I, oh yeah, that was stupid. How many were there? Were there two or three? I actually just revisited this whole series, and uh, there's the third one is Honey, Honey, we, Honey, we shrunk ourselves. Right. I was like, we blew up ourselves. I don't think that's right. Uh, <laughs> honey, we shrunk ourselves. That was the third one, and then there's like maybe a weird one that doesn't have Rick Moranis. Oh, no one needs that. Not worth watching. Let me tell you, no one needs a non. But the original Moranis. one, I stand by it. It's pretty great. I, Plus the special effects, like you got to think about that. That was yeah, like mind blowing. It was stuff exciting at the time. So anyway, uh, so yeah, so the cross stitch project is called Little Russ Thompson. Uh, you can buy direct from my Instagram, which is for direct donations to great places, uh, ACLU, Planned Parenthood, 
local charities as well. Union um, of Concerned Scientists, who now are yes. very great. They send me mail, and I'm in the loop. You love it, though, I right? I totally love it. It makes me feel um, like a good person, which is Yeah, one of the other places is the Alliance for Climate Education, which is a really awesome nonprofit. I'm not sure where they're based. I think they're in uh, Boulder. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, and they're really great. And, like, I reached out to them and they were super on board. But, like, they've been emailing people and they're, like, super appreciative, like, one-on-one emails of, like, thanks. How did you find us? And their whole mission is to educate kids on what's going on and sort of uh, give them the resources to get out there, talk to people, take action protest, do whatever. Um, So they're awesome. And then, uh, so the Etsy store has them as one of the beneficiaries as well as um, Hip Hop for Change, which is based out of Oakland and does really, really awesome stuff. Um, And I've met their volunteers several times outside the Whole Foods on Potrero Hill. Nice. And I love them. They're always super cool and nice. And um, they do cool stuff with Mr. Fab, I feel like. They do. I mean, like there's a lot of people involved in it, so their reach is even greater than I'm aware. But, um, so yeah, the Etsy store, you can look that up. It's Little Russ Thompson as well. And right now, there's it's a $10 donation for every item that we sell. That is a fucking steal, if I may say so. Yeah. That's You get a really... Well, it's a $10 donation at a $30 asking price. Because Etsy takes my money. Oh, okay. I'm new to the Etsy game. You should buy it's direct from Ashley on Instagram. Right, totally. <laughs> is the then I ship it, story. it's all on me. And she it's makes great. it by hand. And With love. they're... All hilarious and made with love, and you're donating to good causes, and there's literally nothing to not like about that. It's awesome. Um, I just want to talk to you about more things forever, but we're going to play some more music instead, and then we got to get out of here. Um, uh, You should stick around for Tough Signals from 6 to 8. You should also go to all of the great shows that... Ashley is responsible for totally. promoting at the Fillmore and the Masonic. TheFillmore.com, SFMasonic.com. Beautiful. Um, I actually feel like I had some songs to play from bands who are coming up there soon, and I didn't even get to them, but I would rather play yours, so let's do that. Yes, let's um, do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's play a Sherman Alexi song. Or okay. It's not a Sherman Alexi song, but um, the concept of these songs was... Back in the day, before Sherman was huge, which he's huge now, which I wanted to give a shout out to his new book because it's the best thing he's ever written. I love him so much. Have you re- have I you haven't read, read the new one yet. No, it's amazing. I can't even finish it because I'm like, I don't want it to be over. Yeah, um, it's amazing. Um, but back in, I believe maybe '94, Sherman was buddies with a guy named Jim Boyd. Uh, Sherman is from the Spokane tribe. Uh, Jim is from the Colville tri- Colville tribe. Sorry. Huh? And so it's all, like, related to my, my hometown. They were friends. Nice. Sherman's novel, uh, Reservation Blues, which I think was his first novel, had a soundtrack uh, that Jim recorded with him. Awesome. And like I said, it's been unavailable for a long time. Jim passed away a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Um, and I had the good fortune of meeting him and talking to him a few different times. And he was, like, the greatest human alive. Um, he was actually on the tribal council for the Colville uh, tribe and um, so yeah so I sent nice. over a couple tracks yeah, I think maybe just the title track would be the best one to go with let's do, we might have time to do both I love that I had no idea about um, that there was music associated with any of his yeah own. and Jim's got a lot of albums and I actually was on Spotify yesterday I believe maybe as a greatest hits that came out in the last year since he died Okay, um, and all of it is amazing and wonderful Cool. Let's do it. Dude, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
That's I'm here anytime you want to talk about Sammy Hagar. I careful. I kind of want to. I know there's so many chapters in Sammy's story. I don't know. We That's, skipped the whole middle. You know, so. <laughs> we got a lot of weeks ahead of us. This happens every Wednesday, my friend. Awesome. And I like to leave work early to get here, so let's there do you it. Go. <laughs> oh, so many things happening right now. Okay, uh, this is the title track, uh, Reservation Blues from Jim Boyd and Sherman Alexi. Um, you've been listening to the Businesswoman Special on bff.fm uh this is emma that was ashley hi ashley thanks emma uh yeah stick around see you next week All alone, feeling nothing good. It's been so long since someone understood. All I've seen is is why I weep, and all I had for dinner was some sleep. You know I'm lonely. I'm I'm so lonely My heart is empty And I've been so hungry All I need for my hunger to ease Is anything that you can give me, please I ain't got nothing I heard no good news I filled my pockets with those reservation blues, those old, those res blues, those old reservation blues. And if you ain't got choices, well then what else do you choose? No good news I fill my pockets With those reservation blues Those old red blues Those old reservation blues And if you ain't got choices Well then what else do you choose Those old red blues Those old reservation blues And if you ain't got choices, well then what else do you choose? If you ain't got choices, ain't got much to lose. Sometimes, Father, you and I are like a three-legged horse who can't get across the finish line. 
No matter how hard he tries and tries and tries. Sometimes, Father, you and I are like a warrior who can only paint half of his face, while the other half cries and cries and cries and cries and cries. Now, can I ask you, Father, if you know how much farther we need to go? How can I ask you, Father? You know how much farther we have to go, farther and farther.